Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, October 25, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? When we look at the daily chart, we notice they're pushing to new highs. Therefore, we have a couple of things that we have to note. A, they're in no man's land, therefore there is no bona fide point of reference acting as overhead resistance. There are some methods, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. When they're in no man's land, there's no point of reference for how high they can go, period. That's the way I look at it. Secondarily, one day you're going to get one of these blow-off scenarios when you're making new highs. You'll get a gap up one morning, and A, you'll either get a gap in crap, that's one scenario, or B, you'll get a continuation move, it'll come with volume, they'll have institutional participation, and that will signal another leg higher. Both are on the table, you don't know which one it's going to be until it's taking place. Let's talk about the former for a moment. So let's just say we got a gap up on Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. What would be the likely scenario? Well, first, you have to use some logic. When we use logic, we say, all right, what's the next biggest, fattest, magnetic number that they can trade to, and is it close by? For this, I like to use the S&P contract, the futures contract, right now trading about 4560 so we'll say the next big fat round number is 4,600. That puts the SPY right in the neighborhood of plus or minus about 460. 40, 50, 60 S&P handles higher than we are as of close today. Now that's not really that big of a melt-up situation, but it's a starting point and under normal garden variety conditions, they're not going to just waltz right through or whistle past the graveyard of 4,600. They could spend some time above it, 10, 20 points above, maybe for a day or so, but it's unlikely that they're going to bolt on another 50 to 100 handles above that without some kind of meaningful pullback. Okay, we're putting the pieces to the puzzle together. Let's just say, and we're forward thinking a little bit, let's just say that we had one of those jolt hires. Maybe we have one of these blow-offs. Maybe it's not a big one. Maybe it's a teeny melt-off to the next big fat round number. And then we had the pullback. Again, we're projecting a little bit. But logically speaking, where would that pullback take price to under normal garden variety conditions? And why? How about 454.05 and why? Because it's the former high. They're breaking out above it now regardless of wherever they go to when they do turn around and start to come back down, giving everybody the impression that the rally is over and a collapse is next on deck, the first thing they're going to do is run a test of 454.05 because it's the most recent breakout area. It's a former high. Eventually, if they push much higher, they're going to come back to test the former high. That will be one of those make-it-or-break-it situations. It'll be showtime for the Bulls to play defense. If they can keep price above, they'll have another leg higher. If they come back below and start closing daily below and so on, 
then that end of the rally or that leg of the rally will be at least from a temporary perspective, finito. We're playing out some what-ifs. We're doing the hypothetical situation deal, but we're at new highs. They're pushing into no man's land. It is apropos. Always keeping in the back of our mind the snapshot of the monthly chart. While they're pushing to new highs, it's pretty obvious that all the charts are going to show new highs. That's not the point. The point is we have a potential. And I say potential because there's a few trading days left in the month. But we have a potential for a reversal of the reversal. We shouldn't take that lightly. Why is that? Because usually under normal garden variety conditions, when you see a reversal from highs, you're going to have more downside activity across the markets. When you get a reversal of a reversal, you're going to get the same energy that would have been released and continuous or continuation energy to being released to the downside, flip that around, the mirror images, that same energy gets released in the northern direction. We talk about this kind of thing all the time, and here it is, all charts act and react the same way, 10-minute charts, 5-minute charts, daily charts, weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, annual, and so on. The monthly chart also started to come in toward home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average, but here we are again getting far away from home base. She can stay far from home base for a while. Eventually, she's coming back to pay a visit to home base. The weekly chart, for example, never really got too far away from home base. Came back to run a test, stayed above it, and here we are pushing to new highs. Home base is riding in a northern direction, and price is essentially riding home base. From a simplistic standpoint, isn't this a channel, right? There's no doubt about it. This is a channel. I didn't draw it exactly on the pivots and the lows and all that stuff, but conceptually, this is a channel, they test the highs, they come down to the middle, they go back to the highs, they come to the low, it's supported, and they go back to the middle, and now do they go back to the highs? That's basically what's going on from a channel perspective. It's just another way to view the weekly chart. Since we're at new highs, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to look at the 120 chart, the 240 chart, the hourly chart. You can get a sense for what's going on. They're at new highs. Hello? So instead, we'll take a peek over inside the numbers. I'll run through the commentary, let you read the notes. You'll be able to pause the video and go back to the charts to double-check the work. But the reality is, is they pushed to new highs. They came into the support in the morning that was cited on the board at zero dark 30. And then they took off and they basically were in a chop shop slash grinding melt-up operation for the most part all day long. We had a happy Monday. They're starting the day in floater formation, which is typical for a case of the Mondays. They'll move them which way and when is a bit of a mystery at zero dark 30. Whether it's into no man's land or not, the numbers are as follows. The all-time high is X, puts price in no man's land when they're above, which also puts traders on the sidelines. Some traders will ride the tape up, they'll hop on and see how high it can go. That's not what we're doing here inside the numbers. So in the case when the market's basically in a grinding chop shop slash melt-up operation, 
it takes the opportunity away from the traders, at least as far as the major indices are concerned, specifically in this case, the S&P 500. However, in the southbound lane, from a short-term perspective, short-term perspective, we've got 452.50, give or take, as an area where buyers would show up in a normal garden variety tape. Now, we've got a couple of things going on. On one hand, they've got a big hourly breakdown candle. We'll go back to an hourly chart and actually look at that. It's important to visualize it. This is the candle that was developed on Friday. So now, Friday they spent much of the day in one of these bearish, flaggish, wedgish formations. And here, you can see during the day on Friday, towards the end of the day, they tried to make a run toward the high. Maybe that's a test, maybe it's not. But still on the table, unless they get above the high of this breakdown candle, is a move lower. So that was the concept at zero dark 30. Again, you don't know what's going to happen when they open the door to the market, so you have to have both sides on the table. Be prepared. You show up in uniform, ready to go. So if that's the candle in question, we know two things. A, they're either going to make a run down here and complete the pattern, and maybe that's down to 450.50, 451.00 in that neighborhood, or they're going to get above, they're going to negate the candle, and they're going to release the same energy in the northern direction. Okay, fair enough. Now remember, 452.50, give or take, is an area where buyers would show up in a normal garden variety tape. And here we go. Five minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. 452.50 is the number we just discussed. Here at 945, or before 945, first 15 minute candle of the day within the third five minute candle of the day, the low is what? 452.39 from an opening print of 454.28. How you doing? You like them apples, don't you? It was low of day, and the rest is history. We're moving along. Let's see what we have as we get closer to the opening bell. Inside my head. Are they going to run away? It's possible, as always, but unlikely. Why? They could have done it overnight and created a panic-buying frenzy at the opening bell. These are my thoughts before the market opens. A la, why wouldn't they gap the market up, create a panic buying scenario, FOMO sets in, short squeeze sets in, all that stuff. They could have done that if they were blowing through the former highs overnight. They didn't do it. They grinded anyway during the day. But you have to have a setup going into the day. This was my thought process, being inside my head is a dangerous place to be. Let's move on, see what happens once the market opens. We had 452.50, the market was slow. From a short-term perspective, 453, give or take, should provide some support. So you know there's a zone down there, 453, 452.50. It's 50 cents away on a $453 stock. It's an acceptable margin of error. We're moving along, see what else we have for... Traders looking for that morning trade, that morning pickup for a long position in a melt-up scenario that we've been in for quite a while. 452.50, give or take, so far has been support. 451.85 is another number or area that's important. Again, not that far away. Closing candles below opens the door for yada, yada, yada. Again, we always provide both sides of the tape. For now, 
They've got to get above and stay above 453.20 to start another leg higher. They obviously did all that. We're moving along. And here we have some stocks on the move that pop up. KMB, PINs, and BEKE were afforded the ability to move your average up. That's from a baseball perspective and take at least the minimum required base hits. Something for everybody. I'm going to scroll up and let you read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. You saw the big trade, right? The big trade was where's support? Where are the buyers going to step in? The buyers stepped in, and if you bought the market at that spot and it started to bounce away, and you did what I always say, which is take some profit, put it in your pocket. The rest becomes what? Correct. A risk-free, emotionless trade. What do you do with a risk-free, emotionless trade? Nothing. You sit on it and see how high it can go. The worst case scenario is you get stopped out where you bought it out. No harm, no foul. You still made a profit on the trade because you already took some profit and put it in your pocket. That's the concept. We're moving along, and that's it. 225 was the last post. Quiet grinding market. There's nothing you can do with that. So we go into the list of stocks on the move. So what we're going to do is take a look at the first three on the board. KMB says jump target, but there were three numbers on the board. It jumped the first one. Doesn't mean it jumped the second or third. Pins, we're also going to look at B-E-K-E. The others didn't hit their entry objectives. So what? They're off the board. There are no trades. We want these deals at our numbers, not some other Yahoo's numbers. The first one we're looking at is KMB. You saw the three numbers up on the board, and the first one, the market opened below. So what happens? You got it. It's off the board. The second number is immediately activated, 126.85, came in to the second number, started heading to the third, came up short of the third, wasn't that far away, was at 124.90, turned around, went back in the other direction, provided the base hit, and we know what happens with base hits. They put you in the Hall of Fame over a long period of time. Hit after hit after hit. Some of them turn into doubles, triples, and even home runs. Anybody that held a piece of this was afforded extra bases throughout the trading day. The second one was pins. Here we go, getting a haircut or buzz cut at the open. 58.07 was Friday's close. 49.45 was my number up on the board bright and early. And how many numbers were there on the board bright and early? If you looked at the line item of pins, there was one number. It was a make it or break it. The stop wasn't too far away. It was either do it or don't. And what did they do? They did it. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. Might smell like a broken record, but B-E-K-E, same routine, getting a buzz cut at the open. 23 and a quarter was my number. They came into it. They spiked it. They flipped around, went back in the other direction. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. So what if the SPY was quiet most of the day? If you wanted a trade, you knew the buy zone first thing in the morning. They gave it to you in the first 15 minutes. You had three potential stocks on the move that hit their numbers, turned around, and went back in the other direction. We've got something for everybody. Inside the numbers is for real, folks. We do this day in, day out, and this is the bonanza week. You've got Facebook reported earnings after the market closed. They're up 13 bucks, getting that snapback from getting taken out behind the smaller side of the woodshed over the last several days. But we've got another laundry list coming 
between tomorrow morning and Thursday night. It's Bonanza Week. Then we've got Camp IWM. What's going on over there? Well, we had the fake reversal candle that we've been talking about for a week. And guess what? Now they finally closed above the high of said reversal candle. What does that tell us? The same thing we just talked about before. The same energy that would have normally been released in the downward or southern direction. In this case, maybe down to 222, 221 and a half, which would have put price somewhere in the vicinity of into and below those moving averages. That same energy gets released in the upward direction. Where are they going? How about 232? 232 and a quarter, 232.50 in that neighborhood. That's the next stop on the IWM train. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They were looking into the abyss. They were teetering with Irene. And guess what happened? They flipped around, got back above the moving averages, got back above some important stuff. We know the numbers, 14,760 or whatever the number was. And here they are, almost at 16,000 in a flash. Don't blink. Look at it this way. On the concept we just discussed, which we discuss all the time. Breakdown candle, bearish pattern. So it's stretched a little bit, right? I'm kind of manipulating this a little bit. Bearish pattern, bearish wedge, whatever. When they go sideways down here after coming down, that's a bearish pattern. Whatever you want to call it after that is up to you. That would generally promote another move lower. Where would that go? Well, what's the next breakout area? Somewhere in this neck of the woods. Call it 13,000. Okay, fair enough but they didn't do it. Instead, they had a rescue operation around the 50 period moving average on this weekly chart. Well, what happened? The energy is being released in the northern direction. It's everything we discuss all the time. Already knocking on the door of double top. Speaking of knocking on the door, the door out in California over in Silicon Valley, the Q people, they'll soon be knocking on the door of the former highs as long as they continue the melt up operation. What would put a pause on the melt-up operation? Closing below Friday's low would be a head-scratcher and likely run a quick test of the 50-period moving average, but more likely 367 if they fall below yesterday or Friday's low. Outside of that, if they're not going down, then they're going to be running a test of the former highs right around 382, 383 zone. The financials... They had a down day by a penny. We're obviously not going to make a federal case out of that. They're high on the chart. They're at new highs. The trend is your friend until she throws your crap in the incinerator. Speaking of trends, another one that was staring into the abyss had an appointment with Irene, SMH. Ran into a rescue operation. They pulled the thing up back above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend. Nothing to see here. Move it along. Get above 272.30, give or take, and guess what? There's another leg coming in the northern direction. It won't be without paying some tolls along the way, but another leg would be coming. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It was a very quiet Monday. Covered everything that puts us on cue for the week. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.